0: Let's talk regulation of gene expression. Welcome to podcast number eight. My name is Josh Follin. I'll be your host. I'm going to be going to Emory for radiology here. But in the meantime, let's get into it. Podcast eight, regulation of gene expression. In our previous episode, we talked about translation as general steps, and I gave a brief introduction into what happens When things don't go correct, you get mutations. And I also talked a little bit about uh, the post-translational modifications that can occur. Well, in this episode, if you had some questions that went unanswered in the previous one regarding gene expression and the regulation, we're going to get into it. So there's a few points in regulation, right? We have transcriptional control. We have mRNA processing control after transcription. We can um, post-transcriptionally process that mRNA. There's controls in place that uh, sort of, you need to move the mRNA from the uh, nucleus out into the cytosol to the ER to be actually made into a protein. So this is called transport to the cytoplasm control. We also have stability control. I don't know if you remember me talking about how different things can be a little bit more stable or unstable in the cytosol, depending on um, their own inherent stability. Well, we'll get into that a little bit. There's also translational control, right? The actual process of translating mRNA into protein. There's controls in place for that. And then after you finally translate into a protein, we talked about in the last episode and during translation, but you have post-translational control. These are all the control points. Um, you know, it's it's important for examination purposes just to be aware that these exist. You should be familiar with how they function but I don't want you getting lost in the sauce, okay? Like, try to keep sort of that, you know, usually it's the 10,000 foot view. Let's do more of a 3,000 foot view, okay? We're gonna get into a little bit of the sauce here, but I don't want you drowning, so stick with me, okay? So we'll start with transcriptional control. There's uh, general uh, transcription factors, and these ones um, basically give the basal promoter activity. When you form that, uh, transcription complex, right, with the uh, uh, RNA polymerase, you need all these proteins that bind there. Well, this is the basal promoter activity. This messes with the frequency, right? And it's interesting, actually. I mean, this is so complex, but if you really get into the weeds of it, you have transcription factors for transcription factors. There's a ton of interplay, Um, but all I want you to know is that general transcription factors are needed basically all the time. Um, in order to actually have promoter uh, activity and transcription. But there are things that are specific transcription factors. These are specific for regulating um, certain uh, genes and proteins in your body. We'll get into specific examples of those in a later podcast, but you need to be aware that there are some well-studied specific transcription factors that have down... um, Stream effects. Specifically, we'll we'll talk about uh, an example with iron regulation in our body. Okay, we also have these things um, called enhancers and silencers. Okay, I'm going to name them. I'm not going to get into them too deep because they're super complex. But you should you should go in on your own time and quickly just Google pictures of these. Okay, there's the helix turn helix transcription factor. There's the zinc finger. There's the leucine zipper. There's the helix-loop helix you know, rather than the helix-turn helix. These are all enhancers and silencers depending on where they're acting. But I want you to – it's really interesting. I remember a question on one of my exams where it described a leucine zipper. It it described basically this transcription factor that had a ton of leucine scattered all over it. And it went into – and it surrounded basically this DNA. And it it actually – I think it inhibited the functionality of transcription there. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, "God, I don't know what this is, but it really sounds like a leucine zipper. It literally zips up around this DNA and it has a bunch of leucine." Well, guess what? That was the correct answer. So you don't necessarily need to know how these things work, but you need to be familiar with them. I would do this in your own time. Um, just go, just a quick Google read, you'll be done. Go on Wikipedia. That's where I, I went. Okay. Um, so you can also have acetylation. You can have. Uh, phosphorylation, methylation of those histones. I don't know if you remember us talking about that in our previous episode back in, I think it was like episode six. But again, these are general transcription controls, right? This is how we control transcription, okay? So there's general transcription factors, specific transcription factors. We can also do um, histone modification. Okay, next up is RNA processing control. I don't know if you remember this, but we can do five prime GTP caps, we can do the three prime poly A tails, we can do splicing of the introns and just keeping the exons, right? This creates that lariat uh, via a splicism. And then we can also do alternative splicing. So alternative splicing is where you um, have different exons. This will be a question for you. You'll have to recognize the AU, um, I think it's AU, UG, um, basically, the splice sites—you'll you'll have a problem that has a bunch of those, and then there'll be some alternative splicing question where it asks you which exons are kept versus which ones aren't. Right? If you have, um, depending on where that that AU and uh, UG um, splice site is, so. That's RNA processing control. Next you have the transport to the cytoplasm control. This occurs via the nuclear pore right? I, I mentioned this briefly in a previous episode. This is a GTP dependent mechanism. I, I you know, it, it's an interesting thing, but a lot of the time, like there are ATP dependent mechanisms, but there are also a ton of GTP dependent mechanisms. This is one of those that's a GTP dependent mechanism, transport to the cytoplasm, okay? We can also affect the stability control, right? So we can affect the half-life of our mRNA, um, and there's actually like a few unique cases that you should be aware of. So for uh, growth factors, the half-life is going to be a lot shorter, right? Because we don't want an overwhelming number of growth factors to increase like cell division or too much protein, and it's actually sort of an interesting concept, right? Because um, if you think about it, like this is what cancer does. Cancer you maybe it, it makes super long half life mRNAs. You have too many proteins being made because the mRNA never degrades, right? But for longer housekeeping genes, things that like stop cancer and like sort of regulate our body, we want more of that, right? So that's gonna have a longer half life. This is stability control and it's something to be aware of. We can also have these untranslated regions of DNA. There are these three prime AUUA repeats, and they're correlated with shortened lifespans in the cytoplasm, right? So, when you have these AUUA repeats, if they show you an MRA with that, and then the the answer choice is something along the lines of, like, you know, this is going to cause a shorter half life. That's something, that's the right answer. That's something you should be aware of. So these are sequences within the untranslated regions that can make loops and increase the lifespan of mRNA. These are the A, U, U, A repeats. And um, I think I, I might have said, I, 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 I don't mean to confuse you. The more of these there are, the more loops there's going to be, and then the longer they're going to actually maintain stability, okay? They're going to be more stable. So excuse me for uh, saying they wouldn't be before, okay? Translational control. These are binding of things that increase transcription or translation of one thing but decrease the other. This is translational control, right? So you'll have uh, different types of proteins in the ribosomal unit. You'll have um, different ways of this mRNA being processed, and it's going to affect the translation, right? And then after you're translated, the protein comes out, and you can either phosphorylate it, you can glycosylate it, and then you can also do some hydroxylation. So these are things to be aware of. Um this is a pretty short episode. This is just a brief introduction. The specifics aren't necessarily as important. You just should be aware that the that that basically we can in our body regulate gene expression. This is not a random process, okay? So in the next episode what I want to get into is now that we sort of we understand, right? Like the central dogma. We've gotten into a little bit of gene expression. We're going to start getting into the specifics of some of these amino acids and the interesting sort of high-yield points uh, and, uh, of amino acids and certain interactions uh, they have because of their unique properties. Um, so I'll see you in the next episode. This is going to be episode 9, uh, Amino acids.